Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. Reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. 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 to the show. You're listening to The Confessionals Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the contact section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way it works for me, just get a hold of me. Welcome to another member's episode. We have Elijah Henderson coming on the show today. And Martin Groves is the one who started telling me about Elijah, and he said, brother, you need to have Elijah on the show. And so we're finally having Elijah on the show, and he brings all the stories and things that he's learned about the LBL and the dogman that houses itself within it. Let's get to Elijah right now. Okay, today we got Elijah Henderson on the show. Elijah, how are you, sir? Brother, I'm doing great today. How's your day going? Uh, it's going fine. It's going fine. So uh, listen, man, I listen. I was telling you earlier uh, how this kind of all unfolded, and I just got to give a shout out to Martin Groves because uh, I had heard of y- your name and your channel uh, over the years, and Martin came to my studio twice, and he every time he's like, I'm telling you, brother, and in the in the Martin way, you know, like just serious and, and loving. And he's just like, Tony, I'm telling you, brother, you gotta have Elijah Henderson on your show. I, you gotta have him. And I'm and I'm just like, okay. So I, I friend requested you based off of that. And then like a year goes by, and I keep forgetting to reach out to you. And I finally saw you on Facebook. I reached out to you, got the ball rolling, and here you are on the Confessionals. And I'm very grateful about it. So, um, 
Before we get into the topics of conversation and stuff, I'd like for you to be able to tell people about your YouTube channel and uh, where they can find you on different social media platforms and uh, let them know about who Elijah Henderson is. Okay. Um, my main platform is Cryptid Studies Institute on YouTube. I make documentaries, uh, do interviews and post, you know, out in the field investigations and whatnot, you know, the whole shamoli. And uh, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as well. But YouTube is where uh, the the main action is for me. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically that's basically what I got, brother. Man, you are a man of few words. You, I, I, you can you can say anything in the world about it. you can say how great you are and how amazing your channel is, and you're just like we're just a humble humble channel over here. Feel free to check it out if you want. I, I respect that, man. I respect that. We upload when I'm not busy. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. Uh, so let me ask you this. We'll start with some uh, fundamental questions here to build up this conversation. Uh, what got you into these topics? You know, like everybody has, you know, either a moment or even just an environment that they grow up, grow up in uh, that kind of propels them into this. Was it something that you've been curious about your entire life? Was it an experience, a family member's experience? Like what got you into these kind of topics to the point that you're willing to go on YouTube and talk about it? Well, I guess it was sort of a few things happening, you know, uh, initially in part because of my dad, Johnny Henderson, you know, he grew up over in East Tennessee, over in Dayton, Tennessee. And when he grew up, he was regaled with stories from um, my family who had had sightings with Sasquatch up there in the mountains. And, you know, even as a little boy, he would hear all these hoots and hollers off in the woods. And the the adults would tell him, don't go out in the woods today. There's a Bob Wouster out there. You know, they didn't know what to call it. So they just gave it any kind of a name. And they said, don't go out in the woods. There's a Bob Wouster out there. And, you know, my family, they had, they'd been through stuff like that before, seen those kind of things. And I, I guess they knew relatively what was out there. And, you know, he, he was always kind of interested in stuff like that, uh, those topics and whatnot. And he was, my dad loved monsters. He was obsessed with monsters, you know, grew up, had all the monster uh, toy models you could paint and whatnot. And I always loved werewolves specifically, the wolf man, the howling and whatnot. And we were camping at a little park in Dixon, Tennessee called Montgomery Bell State Park. And back in 2001-ish, thereabouts, we are camping there and the ranger came around and he was inviting everybody to a park showing of a little documentary they called The Legend of Werewolf Springs. It was something that was made by the Dixon County Renaissance Center and I think it even went to TV, but it, it had, they, they would do stories about uh, some real things or real town lore items. And like in the Werewolf Springs one, first half was the actual town lore. And then like the second half, they did like a mock investigation. You know, it was, it was like a, I guess like an art project. But the first half, you know, they interviewed some people and, told about the history of the backside of the park that Montgomery Bell had. It, it was called Werewolf Springs. Its official name is Hall Springs, but the nickname that it got was Werewolf Springs. And the documentary detailed that in the late 1860s, or thereabouts, a circus train was coming along the tracks, and for whatever reason it derailed. You know, uh, I, I heard stories of in the Civil War, people would sabotage the railroads, you know, to disrupt supplies going to, to the different armies. 
So maybe that's what happened to this railroad system. I don't know. But according to the lore, the train derailed and they're carrying, you know, animals in their boxcars for their circus. And everything escaped, including a male and female creature that they called on their manifest, either a wild man or a wolf man of Borneo. And they were never able to recapture these two creatures. But following that point, they uh, people started describing seeing a werewolf in those woods. And there was a fatal incident that occurred when there was a building project that was going some miles away from where Werewolf Springs was. And they were carrying some glass windows in a wagon. It was a landowner and his farmhand there going down the, the way in their wagon. And they seen the werewolf, you know, standing off in the woods. So they tried to speed up their mules and get away from this thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this thing started chasing them. They sped up their mules a little bit more, tried to try to get away from this thing, and it was too fast for them. And it started climbing up in the back of the wagon. And, you know, the, these men, I guess they realized that they're both not going to get out of this or they need to run, whatever. They both dart left and right. They split directions. And the, the landowner, he runs and he dives behind this tree falling down, and he stays there through the whole night. And he can hear his farmhand being torn apart, screaming out, you know, at whatever this thing is. And, you know, morning comes, he gets out of there. And when some people come back to, you know, check out the area, they find his wagon. And it looks like it had been picked up and literally thrown. And his mules are gone. And that was the first fatal incident with that thing. And that there's other stories, you know, connected, uh, other historical stories down there. But... After we watched that documentary, you know, we, we didn't know anything about Dogman at the time, anything like that. But my dad thought it was probably a misidentified Sasquatch, you know, something of that nature. And a few months go by, and we find out where Hall Springs, Werewolf Springs is. And, you know, we thought we'd, you know, just go check it out, you know. Uh, this was before we do any nighttime investigations, anything like that. But we thought we'd just go and, you know, check out the place. And we got there, and Werewolf Springs, how it's situated is you park at the front entrance by an iron gate, and it's like one trail that goes off into the woods, and eventually it splits off. It, the trail goes up a hill, and you can turn left, and it goes off to a, a little lean-to. Well, we are going down that trail, and before you get to the lean-to, we seen off in the grass. looked like something had been, you know, walking through there. The grass was kind of mashed down, so we jumped off the trail, headed that way, and we find a branch about shoulder height. looked like it had been twisted off, not not broken off, but actually twisted off in a, in, a, in a Sasquatch manner. And, you know, we keep going a little bit further, and we find a, like a half ring of turkey feathers on the ground, and it looked, had the appearance of like if something squat there, you know, with a fresh kill and plucked out and just kind of just set it around itself while it was plucking this thing, getting ready to eat it. Uh, but the real impressive event came a few minutes later. We went a little further off into the woods, and the wind picked up a little bit, and uh, some of the ladies that was with us, uh, they went to answer the call of nature. It was me, my sister, mom and dad, grandmother, and my cousin. That, that was everybody that was there. And there was a couple other people in the park. We'd seen a couple of ladies jogging in, jogging into the park, and they'd had like a, you know, one of those carriers you strap the baby onto your chest, and you, know, you go jogging and all that. Uh, so we seen them. There's other people in the park. And uh, the train went by on the tracks, started blowing its whistle. And when that thing started blowing its whistle, 
something started howling back at it in reply, sounded like it was howling in pain. And it was it was so loud, Tony, that it would literally shake and vibrate your chest. You you could feel the volume of this thing, but you know it wasn't anywhere uh, in the immediate area where you could see it. It was just it was that loud you could feel it, and it was absolutely terrifying. And I, I was like five or six at the time, so that that was a traumatizing event for me. And uh, we we started getting out of there. I, I still have a distinct memory of my cousin running out of the brush. And my dad grabbed her by the arm and was like, don't run if it's a predator. It's going to chase you if, if if it sees you running. So we get out of there, get back to the trail to get out of here. And there comes those two women we seen jogging in. But now they're running out of there so fast, it looked like they were going to hurt that baby because it was, it, was, it was bouncing around in this uh, carrier. But... That that's basically how we got our our start into it. You know, after that we joined a research organization called Chattahoochee Bigfoot Research Organization, and they did a lot of work over in Overton County in Standing Stone State Park. Uh, famous researcher Mary Green was a part of that, and she did a lot of work with them. And you know, uh, as the years went on, you know, I, I was terrified of Bigfoot for many many years. I I refused to go into Werewolf Springs unless my dad was present, and I'd barely go at that point, but over the years, I kind of started getting introduced to going out into the night investigations more and more, and into my teen years, I developed an obsession with it, and now you can't keep me out of the woods. Uh, uh, I've been covered in seed ticks. I have a red meat allergy from the seed ticks, but nothing keeps me out of the woods. I, I, I love what we do, you know? Wow, red meat allergy. That sounds like a nightmare. It is. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh so like this isn't anything to do with anything other than i'm curious what like a red meat allergy never heard of it what does that entail are, are you saying you can't eat red meat without some kind of flare-up well it's a co-infection of lyme disease it's called alpha gal and it will give you like a red meat allergy if i if i eat like one bite of a hamburger i'll start getting hives or uh on one occasion, I went and got a vegetarian burger somewhere, and they swapped it out with a beef burger, and I went straight to the hospital, you know. So it, it's it's pretty serious. Um, it, it can grow to the point, I've heard, where you're allergic to chicken or fish, and I can eat chicken, turkey, and fish pretty good. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of sucks. Yeah, I'd say so. Holy cow. I mean, <laughs> I, I love my meat, you know. I got a freezer full of it, and so... Uh, yeah, I was just curious though. But anyways, uh, I appreciate you sharing the the genesis of everything. Uh, the Werewolf Springs is something I had never heard of until you brought it up in our initial conversations. And uh, I was very curious about that. So what I find interesting is that the, the story of the history of how this kind of unfolded. And it seems like even stemming back to, I think you said it was the 1800s, uh, there's a there's a legend of government involvement with these creatures. You know, like we we hear the, the, these ideas of, you know, government involvement whether they're growing them in labs or whatever, but if if that train was derailed to prevent supplies going to an a, an opposing army, that would suggest that one there was, you know, some kind of government involvement, but two were those Dogmen, werewolves, whatever they are, 
part of what they were going to use as weaponry in the army of in the 1800s? Like, why is there a werewolf getting co- transported to an army? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that'd certainly be an interesting thought, you know? Yeah. Like, man, uh, I, I, has anybody ever thought about that? Like, have any explanation? Because I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, shoot, we're talking about werewolf wars back in the 1800s where, like, can you imagine? Like, just imagine, just let's play that out for a second. Just imagine 1800s, civil war happening, and we're on a different timeline where everything happened, the civil war happened, but we have these stories of, you know, the, uh, the, the Confederate army having this secret weapon that legend calls a werewolf. Nobody's ever really seen it, but all these different battles happened where this like beast was on the field tearing the armies apart. I mean, I just wrote a, a novel for somebody to t- start going with. I mean, like this is fascinating. This was a preview of today's member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.